You're listening to a presentation of The Rising. We're a real church for real people where you can belong before you believe. We're always honored to hear how God is working in your life through this ministry. If you have a story you'd like to share with us, hit us up at wearetherising.com or on Facebook or Instagram. Finally, if you'd like to invest in what God's doing through this church, you can always give online through our site. Thanks again for tuning in and get ready. Lean forward with an expectant attitude to hear a message from God's Word. Hey, and I hope you'll meet me with a great level of anticipation. Here's why. If you have an expectant attitude, if you lean forward, if you're ready to take some notes, if you're ready for what God wants to give you, and you respond, like if I say anything good and you respond to it, I'll just let you know I preach better when that happens. Because that lets me know that you're listening and you're with me. Don't leave me up here on the stage all by myself. We ready? All right, good, good, good. Just warming you up. Just warming you up. So I, uh, I don't know if you've seen this clip of star running back Adrian Peterson being interviewed by a, a local news reporter. Uh, but over 8 million people have, have seen this clip. And what's fascinating to me is this news reporter approaches Adrian Peterson for an interview. And he has no idea who he's talking to until the very end of the interview. I want you to check this out. About road rage. Road rage, huh? Yeah. So, uh, have you ever had anyone go road rage on you? Uh, I have. It's, it's been a long time, you know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I definitely had somebody go road rage on me. So. What happened? Point a gun at you? Oh, no. I didn't get to that level. Um, but kind of slammed the brakes in front of me, and uh, I was able to kind of maneuver and get around them, and, it took everything in me not to flip him the bird, but, uh, you know, I kind of gave him a little stare as I passed by. But, I mean, you worried about someone pulling out a gun on you? Yeah, you definitely got to be uh, aware of that, you know, because you never know um, what to expect with people these days, especially with road rage. It's, unfortunately that, it's unfortunate that people would go to that extent to pull out a weapon or something. Uh, I, I think I recall seeing something in the news the other day about an eight-year-old girl who, uh, who passed. The woman who got murdered last night. Yeah. It's, That's it's, why we're doing the story. Yeah, man, it's, it, it's so unfortunate. That's why I tell my wife and my brothers and sisters, when you're driving around, just try to avoid any type of road rage. You know, you see anyone that's, you know, kind of, you know, heckling you on the road, you know, just go around them and, you know, just let them win. You know, your life is, is too short to be on the highway, you know, swerving in front of people or, or speeding up, trying to catch up to people. It's, you never know what people, how they will react to it. Absolutely. All right, your name? Adrian Peterson. Hi. Wait a minute. You're not. Yeah. I knew you And I love that, man, because, you know, there's this time, like, when the reporter first approaches him, you can see on Adrian Peterson's face, he's like, um, you know, like getting ready for an interview about football or something because that's who he is. And then he starts talking about road rage. And there's this moment on Adrian Peterson's face where he's just like, oh, this is going in a different direction than I thought. And then at the very end, he's just like, oh, I feel, I'm, I'm in the presence of greatness. And I did not know that. I, I wonder, has that ever happened to you before? Like you've met somebody who was really important, they were real powerful, they were famous or something, and you had no idea, and then somebody had to, had to tell you about it. Like, like there, there was this one time, um, you know, one of the things that I, that I love to do is after the worship experience, I'll, um, I'll go outside and stand out on the sidewalk, because I love to greet people and, and say bye to people. Uh, 
it's a time for me, if I hadn't had a chance to meet you, I'd love to meet you. And so today I'll be standing out uh, on the sidewalk. I have security around me, so don't try and hurt me. But, um, but I'll be out on the sidewalk, and I'd love to, to, to meet you and, 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 and get to know your name and, and hear your story. Uh, it's also a time that if you ever want to talk to me, that's a great time right there on the sidewalk. But there was this time earlier this summer where I was standing out there on the sidewalk, and, uh, and there was this couple who came to our church for the first time. And uh, I met them, I was talking with them, and, and then they left. And somebody came up to me afterwards and they said, do you know who you were just talking to? And I said, yeah, that's Sean and Giselle. I mean, that's how they introduced themselves to me, Sean and Giselle Carter. And they said, no, that was Jay-Z and Beyonce. And I had no idea, but there's the photo. So they were here, there's proof, right? But I had no idea that I was talking to Jay-Z and Beyonce. Have you ever been in the presence of greatness and not known it? Today we're continuing the series we've been in. It's called Become Greater. And, uh, you know, as a church, we've become obsessed with this phrase, become greater. And, and the reason is because I just believe that's what we all want. I mean, if you want mediocrity or if you just want to coast by or whatever, chances are you won't come to church. You'll just kind of like hide in the shadows or whatever. But the reason why you showed up today, I believe, is because you want to become greater. You want to become greater in your life. You want to become greater as a husband or, or, or as a father. You want to become greater just in everything that you do. And so what we want to do as a church is we want to come alongside you and help you achieve that. We want to help you become greater. And you know some people in your life who, who want to become greater. And they need to be here because that's how we're positioning ourselves, posturing ourselves to come alongside them and help them. And, and, and the person who needs church the most in your life, that's the person you need to get them here. Because wouldn't it be awesome if Stu, the guy that you hate, actually came here and started becoming greater? Like your workplace would be so much better, right? So that's like an undercover tactic. Like if you want your job and your workplace to be better, be like, I gotta get people to church. Um, that's how they're gonna get better. But as we go through this series, Become Greater, um, we're, we're talking about our values as a church, and all of our values are plastered right over here on these two banners, uh, if you ever want to take a look at them. But we have these six values, and uh, we've been through some of them, but today we're talking about the value we believe the best. And uh, no, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. Where am I? We're talking about the value we show honor. Uh, we show honor. And, uh, and these are values that we have, not just as a church or like as an organization. So, so, so don't think like, here, here's this organization and we're trying to impose these on you. These are values that as people who make up the church, we should embody and live out. Because I just believe that God wants to do something greater in this church. I believe he wants to do something greater in your life. And that will happen when we embrace these values and live them out. And so today the value we're on is we believe the best. And uh, I already said that. Today, the value we're on, what am I preaching on? What in the, today, the value that we're covering is we show honor. And, um, and I, I'm, I'm prepared, I promise. Um, but, but this is a value too, like if you've, if you've been a Christian for a little while and you feel stagnant, you feel stifled, you feel stuck in your relationship with God, this is the value that if you embody it and embrace it and live it out, this is the value that will unleash the power of God in your life. Like if you've been coming to church for a while and it's just become this routine for you and you feel stuck, you feel stagnant, you've hit a roadblock in your faith, this is the value. If you embrace it and you live it out, it will unlock God's great potential 
in your life. And so this is, this is a value, if you embrace it, it'll make your marriage better, it'll make your friendships better, it'll make everything in your life better. So I wanna invite you to lean forward, get ready to take some notes, take out your phone, get ready to take some pictures of the screen, because this is about, I don't know how to make it any clearer. If you live this out, this value has the potential to unlock the power of God in your life. And so we show honor. Now, as we talk about honor, let me, let me define that for you. Um, the word honor, as it's written in the New Testament, and so the New Testament was written in Greek, and the Greek word for honor is the word teme. Let me hear you say teme. Good. So teme is where we get our word time from. It's spelled the same way, T-I-M-E. And um, we have this phrase that we say that uh, time is money. And so what we're saying is that time is valuable. Time has great worth. And this really is the definition of honor uh, in Greek, the, the Greek word teme. It's to assign value and worth to something. And so to show honor is to show value and, and worth to someone or something. And the opposite of honor is dishonor. Now, oftentimes when we think about dishonor, uh, we think of treating somebody as bad or treating somebody as poorly, but that's not what dishonor means. If, if honor means to show value and to assign worth to something, then dishonor is the opposite of that. It's, it's to show no value and assign no worth to something. And when you show no value and you assign no worth to something, then you treat it as regular. You treat it as common. You, you treat it as ordinary. And, and here's what I would um, argue for, for each and every one of us, that you and I, we live in the default of dishonor. When it comes to our life, we live in the default of dishonor. And I'm not talking about treating people bad. That's not dishonor. That's treating people bad. I'm talking about we see other people, we see things as regular and ordinary. We live in the default of dishonor. It's not a bad thing. It's just a thing thing, right? I mean, th this is just how we are, and this is how, this is how we live. Because I'll just be open with you. There's, there's over 7 billion people on the planet. M maybe 8 billion. Is it 8 billion now? There's a lot of people having babies. But there's like 8 billion people on the planet. And the person I think about the most is me. And if you're open, the person you think about the most is you, right? Because most of our thoughts are about what can I get in life? How can I be comfortable? What do I want? Like, most of our thoughts are about ourselves. Now, sure, we have some thoughts sprinkled here and there um, about other people, but most of our thoughts revolve around ourselves. And because of that, I tend to treat people as regular, as ordinary. I don't treat people as bad, but I just treat them as regular, as ordinary. And, and sometimes we see people, you, you, you do this too, we see people uh, as being in the way at times. There's something I want, and this person's in my way. There's something I want to achieve, and this person is a bother to me. And so we live in the default of dishonor. I mean, just think about it. How do you treat the people who drive around you, right? I mean, like, like we just treat people when we're driving, we just treat them as regular, as ordinary. They want to get by. We don't treat them as valuable and worthy. Oh, please, go ahead. Go in front of me. No, we like speed up. No, you're not getting in front of me. Treat them as regular. Treat them as ordinary. And we also treat them as bad. I mean, what names have you called strangers you've never even met before who are driving? See? We live in the default of dishonor. Think about your spouse. When was the last time you told him or her that, 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 that you love them so much and you so appreciate them that, that they're in your life and you're just so grateful for them? And maybe you hear that and you say, I told him yesterday. Well, that's great. How about before then? When's the last time 
You showed great value and worth and honor to your spouse. When was the last time you went to your boss and you said to your boss, hey, I am so grateful for the opportunity you've given me to work here and I thank you so much for believing in me. I wanna let you know I got your back and I'm gonna do whatever it takes to help the mission and the vision of this company succeed. When was the last time you said that? See, we live in the, in the default of dishonor. Honor is assigning great worth and value to someone or something. And here's the deal. The reason why so many of us are stagnant, the reason why we feel stuck and stifled in life, the reason why we don't always see the victory or the breakthrough in life, the reason why we don't live life to the full like Jesus said he came to bring is because we abuse this principle called honor's reward. See, there's this principle of God, it's honor's reward. And this is just the way that the world works, this is just the way that God set things up, that when I show honor, it unlocks doors for me. But when I show dishonor, treat something as common or ordinary, it blocks my path. And I wanna, I wanna show you this, this principle of honor's reward. And Jesus taught it to his disciples just before they went out on, on this journey to tell people uh, uh, about him and about the, the work that he was doing. And he, he explains this principle so well um, but it's a principle that so many of us miss. And if we embrace it, if we get it, it'll change everything for us. Matthew chapter 10, verse 40. He says, anyone who welcomes you welcomes me. And anyone who welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. Whoever welcomes a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if you give even a cup of cold water to one of these, the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. Now, I want to switch out the word welcome with honor without changing the meaning of the text. Watch this. Anyone who honors you, honors me. Anyone who assigns great worth and value to you, Jesus says, they assign great worth and value to me. It's like it gets passed on. And anyone who honors me, honors the one who sent me. So, so, so this is like, if you show worth and value to my wife, if you honor her, it's like you're honoring me. If you honor my kids, it's like you're honoring me. This is, this is the principle here. Whoever honors, whoever shows great worth and value to a prophet as a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. Whoever honors, whoever shows great worth and value to a righteous person as a righteous person will receive a righteous person's reward. And if you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. So here's the, here's the principle of honor's reward. And we have to get this. How I perceive someone will determine how I receive someone. And how I receive someone will either block or unlock the reward they carry. So here it is. If I perceive you, if I see you as valuable, then I will receive you as valuable. I'll treat you as valuable. And when I treat you as valuable, I unlock the reward that you carry with you. I unlock your, your acceptance, your experience, your knowledge, your expertise, right? See, if I show you honor, you're more willing to share your reward with me. You with me? But if I dishonor you, I treat you as common and regular, if I perceive you that way, you just, uh, it's just so-and-so, then I will treat you as regular. And if I treat you as regular, I will be blocked from the reward you carry with you because you won't want to share that with me. Are you with me? 
Let's, let's, let's play this out in everyday life. If I receive, or if I perceive my wife as valuable and worthy, and I treat her as valuable and worthy by, by, by serving her, by loving her, um, by complimenting her, by protecting her, by being there for her, if I treat her as valuable, then I unlock the reward that she carries with her. I unlock her love and acceptance and sex. Hello, somebody, right? When I treat her with honor, I unlock the reward she carries. But if I treat her as regular, if I treat her as ordinary, if I treat her as everyday, then I block the reward she carries. She's less likely to reciprocate or give me that love and acceptance and sex. Listen, I just helped some of y'all's marriages right now if you get this value. If nothing else, I helped your sex life. Come on, somebody. Because look, if, you, if you're frustrated and you're wondering how come our marriage, it's because you, you guys have to see one another as valuable. You got to look at one another and say, you're the most valuable person in this world. And, and, and then you got to treat them that way. And when you treat them that way, you'll unlock the reward that they carry. This is honor's reward, right? This, see, honor is the pathway to your next promotion, you wonder why you're so frustrated and, and, and stuck at work? I wonder, are you honoring your boss? Are you honoring the people that you work with? Are you seeing them as valuable and then treating them as valuable? When you do that, it will unlock the door and it will pave a pathway to your promotion. Because I want to promote people who show honor, not dishonor. Are you with me? Honor unlocks doors. And I want to show you how this plays out in the scriptures. It's found in Mark chapter 6, verse 1. And before we read Mark chapter 6, verse 1, uh, I want to give you a bit of context of what takes place leading up to that. In, in Mark chapter 4, Jesus speaks to a storm and silences it. In Mark chapter 5, Jesus heals a demon-possessed man. He also raises a girl from the dead and he heals a woman who was dealing with an issue of blood for 12 years. Nobody knew how to help her. And so all this takes place before we read in Mark chapter 6. Jesus has done great and amazing things. And now here we are in Mark chapter 6. It says, Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. So Jesus has now come home. The next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue. And many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? This is awesome. Jesus, Jesus is a great guy. He's, he's powerful. He's doing great and amazing things. They were amazed at him. And then verse 3. Then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter. Well, hold on now. This is Jesus who, like, grew up here, isn't it? I mean, he's just, he's just a carpenter. I mean, wait, 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 wait. He was doing all this great. No, 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 no. That's just Jesus. That's a little boy Jesus we knew growing up. Growing up, he's just a carpenter. He's he's the son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. And, and his sisters live right here among us. Isn't one of his sisters married to Cletus? And his and his his brothers they went to school with my kid. Like that's. That's Jesus the carpenter. That's all he is. And they were deeply offended. 
and refused to believe in him. And then Jesus told them a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, why did they not believe? The reason why they didn't believe is because they dishonored Jesus. That's just the carpenter. Why should we believe in him? That's all he is. Because of their unbelief, their unbelief came from dishonor. He couldn't do any miracles among them except place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. I want to go back just so we can capture the weight of what's happening here because I think it's easy to miss. Now, in Mark chapter 4, Jesus is with his disciples and he's called these guys. They've left everything to follow him. That's how much value and worth they place on Jesus. Jesus said, come follow me. They said, okay, we'll leave everything and come follow you. Jesus is with his disciples, these guys who value him, who honor him, who show him great worth, and he's, and he's in this storm with them, and they're terrified, and Jesus speaks to the storm, and it stops. And he was able to do it because he was in the presence of people who honored him. He did great and amazing things. In Mark chapter 5, Jesus goes over to the region of the Gerasenes. And when they get to the Gerasenes, it's just after he silences the storm. They get to the Gerasenes, and there's this man who's demon-possessed who comes up to Jesus. And the demons from within the man speak to Jesus. And here's what blows me away. The demons show honor to Jesus. The demons place great value and worth on Jesus. Look at what they say. He shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. So these demons speaking from the man refer to Jesus as the son of the most high God. They're showing him great honor, great value, great worth. Even the demons value Jesus. And because of the honor that's shown him, he drives those demons out. And then later in Mark chapter 5, Jairus comes up to Jesus. Jairus is a synagogue leader. He's a man of nobility. He's important. He's, he, he's this guy who like, people look up to. And Jairus sees Jesus and he throws himself at his feet. And he begs Jesus, would you please heal my daughter? And then he gets word, your daughter's dead. And Jesus raises her from the dead with a word, right? Like this is, this is honor. Jairus, this important guy, this guy who, who people look up to, throws himself at Jesus. He perceives Jesus as valuable. He treats Jesus as valuable. And he receives the reward Jesus carries with him. His daughter is raised from the dead. And then, all while this is happening, there's this woman. She's been struggling with this issue of blood for the past 12 years. Nobody knows how to help her. Nobody knows how to fix her. But she hears that Jesus is in town. And she thinks, if I could just get close enough to touch the edge of his cloak, he has enough power in him. If I could just touch the edge of his cloak, then I'll be healed. She places great worth and value in Jesus. I don't even need to meet him. I don't even need to say anything to him. If I could just touch the edge of his cloak. Do you see the value and the worth she places in Jesus? She touches the edge of his cloak and she's healed instantly. Why? Because she showed honor. As she showed honor, it's a principle of honor's reward. Honor unlocked the reward Jesus carried. And now he's at his hometown. 
He just did great and amazing things. Silence the storm, raised the girl from the dead, healed a demon-possessed man, healed this woman with this issue of blood, and now he's at his hometown. And the people look at him like, psst, psst. Nobody special. You're just a carpenter. You're just a carpenter. You're nobody special. They receive him with great dishonor. And here's what I want to point out. When Jesus was at his hometown, it said that he couldn't do many miracles there. Not he wouldn't. Jesus wasn't all self-righteous and, well, fine, forget y'all. No, it said he couldn't do many miracles there. Did Jesus have the power to do miracles? Yeah, we just saw that. And then we see when he leaves his hometown, he goes on to do miracles and does great and amazing things in people's lives. But in the midst of their dishonor, because they perceive Jesus as normal, because they receive Jesus as normal, the reward he carries is blocked from them. He couldn't do many miracles. Not that he didn't want to. He just wasn't able to. Because, psh, you're just Jesus, the carpenter. That's it. I wonder if the reason why you felt stifled in your relationship with God recently, the reason why you're feeling stagnant, the reason why you're wondering how come I'm not experiencing the power of God in my life, Jesus said I came that you might have life to the full, I wonder if the reason is because it's just Jesus. Are we going to church? Ah, I might as well go this week. Do we have time for church? Uh, I don't know. We got other plans, maybe. Yeah, I got God's word on my phone. Maybe I'll get around to reading it. Uh, it's just, yeah, I know I can talk to the creator of the universe anytime I want through prayer, but I'm really busy right now. I, I, I wonder if it's because of our lack of honor. I wonder if it's because we've forgotten. I wonder, I wonder if we have... God in our presence, in our midst, and it, we don't even know it. It's, we don't even know what we're missing. And that's what we see throughout the scriptures in the New Testament as you read through the Gospels, the story of Jesus' life. There are people, when they approach him with great levels of expectation and anticipation, they see him for who he is. But then there are other people who they're around Jesus and they can't see him for who he is because of their great level of dishonor, I wonder if the frustration you're feeling in your life is chalked up to a lack of honor. And I wanna, I wanna explain this in, in real life and how this looks. There's, there's a difference between honor and respect, right? These are two different things. I, I respect you based on who you are. And I want to clear this up so, so, so we can show honor like, like we should. I respect you based on who you are. I honor you based on who I am. Okay? Two different things. Take a picture of that. I respect you based on who you are. I honor you based on who I am. And now watch this. Because respect is an admiration. I admire you. Honor is evaluation. I place value on you. I can honor you and not respect you. I can honor my boss. You can honor your boss and not respect them. 
You may not, because respect is a, I admire you as a person. Like, I want to be like you. You inspire me, right? Admiration is that. So I can, I can honor you, though, without respecting you. I may not respect your work ethic. I may not respect the decisions that you make. I may not respect your lifestyle. I may not respect all kinds of different things. But because of the position that you hold, because of the authority that you have, because of who you are in my life, if for nothing else, because you're made in the very in, image of God, I can show you honor. Because honor is up to me, not you. I show honor because of who I am. I am a person who, shows, who assigns value and worth to everyone who comes across my path. Honor's up to me, not you. Respect is up to you. If I respect you, that's up to you. That's on your reputation. But honor, I give honor. I show honor. Because when I show honor, I unlock the reward that you carry. I want you to note, too, that the people of Jesus' hometown, when they dishonor him, when they see him as, as regular, as ordinary, uh, Jesus isn't the one who misses out. Because Jesus is still Jesus. Jesus knows who he is. Jesus still has power to do great and amazing things. It's the people who miss out. When I refuse to show honor, it doesn't hurt you. It hurts me. And so I don't want to block myself from the reward that you carry. And so I'm a person who shows honor. Watch this. Dishonoring your wife hurts you because it diminishes your relationship. Dishonoring your boss hurts you. It eliminates possibilities for promotion. Dishonoring your friends hurts you. It strains relationships. And dishonoring God, dishonoring the local church, seeing God as common, seeing this as ordinary hurts you because it blocks you from receiving what God wants to give you. See, listen, if you see what I do up here on this stage as just a TED talk, as me coming up here giving some advice or whatever, then you'll receive it as something that maybe you should think about kind of implementing one day in your life if you get around to it. And so you'll miss out on the reward that it carries. But if you see this as me preaching God's word to you and you see me and receive me as your pastor and allow me to have that influence in your life, then you'll receive the word that comes to you as it's meant to be. And what you'll find is that Isaiah 55 will ring true in your life as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed to the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So if you want to see the power of God erupt in your life, you want to see the power of God unleashed in your life, it begins with honor. How do you see him? How do you see this? How do you see his word? How you see it is how you'll receive it. And it'll unlock or block the reward God wants to give in your life. It's time to shift our perspective. It's time to be the kind of people who show honor. You know, every time in the Gospels that Jesus is honored, the people who honor him receive the reward that he carries. But every time in the Gospels, people dishonor Jesus, treat him as regular and ordinary. They miss out on the reward that he carries. 
And when I read through the Gospels and I see people dishonoring Jesus, I just want to shout to them and say, don't you know who you're in the presence of? Don't you know who's standing in front of you? I mean, this is Jesus, and he's on a higher level than Jay-Z and Beyonce, and you can't even see it. Did you see what you're missing out on? But they can't because of their dishonor. I don't want you to miss out on what God wants to give you. I don't want you to hear about life to the full and dream about it, and I wish it would happen to me. You can experience it here and now by unleashing honor in your life. Just determining, just saying, I'm going to be the kind of person who shows honor. So I want to give you some homework when it comes to showing honor. And I want you to test it out. And you tell me if I'm right. I'm right. Um, this week, here's, here's what I want you to do. I want you to resolve to honor your boss. I want you to go up to her. I want you to find out what her favorite Starbucks drink is and take it to her and say, hey, I just, I just want to let you know, I, I just really appreciate your leadership. And I, I just really appreciate you believing in me, being here and giving me the opportunity. And maybe I hadn't shown it in the past, but I'm ready to do whatever it takes to make the mission and the vision of this company move forward. And if you say, but I don't feel that way, that's why you're stuck where you are. You got to shift it. You got to shift it. And honor depends on you. And watch this. You start honoring your boss, not just bringing her Starbucks every week, but you start honoring your boss. You start honoring your employees. You start honoring the people that you're around. See if things don't change in your workplace for you over the next three months. You show honor, things will shift. You go to the people that you oversee and you say, hey, I want to honor you guys by empowering you and equipping you, and I want to do whatever I can to help you excel in your job. You start showing honor to the people you oversee, see if things don't shift in the next three months. You go to your spouse and you say, I've been taking you for granted. I, I, I talk to you in a tone of voice I would never talk to other people in. I, I get frustrated with you over the smallest things, and I am so sorry. You're actually the most valuable person in my life, aside from Jesus, and I wanna show you that value, and I wanna show you that honor. Today's the day everything changes. You start showing honor like that, come back to me in three months and tell me if things hadn't changed. Hey, I'm fixing your marriage for free. Y'all need to go to counseling, you just do this. Maybe you need to go to counseling too, I don't know the situation, but honor unlocks doors, honor changes everything. And listen, I don't want you to get bogged down by the specificity of the examples that I just gave you. It doesn't stop there. It permeates throughout every area of your life. Um, and this, isn't, this honor thing isn't a phase. It's not a, well, I'll try it. It's a transformation in who you are. It's a transformation in who you are. It's a shift in how you view people, how you view the, the things in your life. And, and real quick, as I, as I close this morning, I want to ask you, how do you view God in your life? How do you perceive him? Because that will determine how you receive him. I want to ask you, how do you view your local church? Because how you perceive what goes on here will determine how you receive it. And it will determine what you're able to get 
from what happens in this community. See, when Jesus goes back home, the people, see, they've gotten too familiar with him. That's just Jesus, the carpenter. And when you get familiar with something, you can start to take it for granted. And when you take something for granted, it eventually leaves you. The power isn't there as much. It's gone. You've experienced this in a dating relationship. You were real excited. You honored them, but now you've been married for 10 years, and I don't open her door anymore. I mean, but at first, see, what happens is you get too familiar. You start to take it for granted. And what you take for granted will eventually leave you. I want to encourage you this morning not to take God for granted. What happens is, I've seen this in people's lives. They'll they'll, they'll come to church, they'll meet Jesus, and everything is great, and they're on the spiritual high. They're on cloud nine. Everything is great. Everything is amazing. Jesus, I love you. I'm ready to go to Africa as a missionary for you. And then three months later, it's like, whatever happened? They took it for granted. Got used to it. Can I just let you know, never take for granted the grace of God in your life. That's why every single week we observe communion. If this is a routine or a ritual for you, that's on you. You're starting to take the sacrifice of Jesus for granted. Let this be a reminder of the relationship God has called you into with him. Don't take this for granted. We do this each and every week as a reminder and a renewal and a refreshing for us. Oh, God's grace is real and I need it. But I want to encourage you today, do not take God's church for granted. Because God is doing some great and amazing things here in this church. And I wonder if you've started to take it for granted. I wonder, I wonder if, if you, you are a part of a move of God here in this church. But I wonder if you've missed it because you just call it church. You are in the midst of a move of God here and now. God is doing great and amazing things in this community right here represented in this church, in our community, outside these walls. But I wonder if you miss it because you just call it church. I wonder, I wonder if you leave on Sunday saying, that was really good, that was really nice, but nothing changes in your life because you show up to a service and not ready to serve the King of Kings with your life. I wonder if we need a perspective change. I wonder if it's time to show greater honor. And I wanna let you know this morning, you should never take this move of God for granted because people are finding life here. People are finding hope. People are finding direction and meaning and purpose. I just recently talked to a guy who told me I've been drinking too much and I realized it's gotten the best of me so I'm stopping and it's been a week now since I had a drink. Great and amazing things, it starts with a step. Tori, a woman who leads a group for families on Fridays along with her husband, she told me leading this group is outside my comfort zone and I'm scared to lead this group but it's good because it's forcing me to grow as I lead others. There's a, a, a couple weeks ago, a guy in our church told me, I haven't looked at porn in two years. He said, it used to be a regular thing for me, but since I found Jesus and I've been following him, I've been porn free for two years. 
A month or so ago, Trevor and Nicole Lukanen told me that their marriage has improved leaps and bounds over the past year since both of them got involved in a guys group and a women's group that we offer. And listen, I could go on and on, but God is doing a great thing in our midst. I wonder if you're missing it because you can sit on the front row of a move of God and miss it because you're looking at the wrong thing, because you see it as just ordinary, because you see this as just church. So listen, if you want to see God move in your life, then you honor Him. You show up and you give Him your all. You worship Him. You see Him as the one who sits on the throne. You see Him as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. You see Him as your firm foundation, your strength, your tower, your rock. You see Him as a way maker where there is no way. You show up and you see Him as worthy. You see Him as worthy. We show honor. It all begins with honor. It starts and ends with honor. We show honor. Thanks so much for listening. We pray God inspires, challenges, and motivates you to become greater through what you've just heard. Again, be sure to check us out at wearetherising.com. Remember, your best days are still ahead.